Hello, and welcome back to Inside the Park from Babson Park. I'm Jonathan Liskov, and for the 15th episode of Inside the Park, I am joined by the other half of Chatham's play-by-play team. I sat down with Fordham graduate Emmanuel Barbari, and having the opportunity to hear Emmanuel paint the word picture of Angler's games this season has been so great. Emmanuel has had the opportunity to cover the Fordham sports teams and even the New York Yankees during his time at Fordham. And we get into that and so much more during our 15-minute conversation. So without further ado, here's Eman. Today, I am joined by the voice at Fordham's flagship station and current play-by-play announcer for the Chatham Anglers, Emmanuel Bari. Emmanuel, thank you for joining me today. Jonathan, great to be with you, man. Appreciate I, you having um, me. I spoke with Ben yesterday, and we had a great little interview, so I'm very excited to ask you some similar but yet different questions, and um, as I told Ben yesterday, I've enjoyed every second of listening to you guys call Chatham Anglers baseball thank this you. year. It really has, for me, added a level of... I'm not sure a level of what, but being able to sit at the games, at away games, and hear you guys call the game while I watch it, it's, it's so much fun. Oh, thank you, man. appreciate it. It's always fun when you have people sitting by you, too, right? Because it reminds you of really who you're broadcasting to. And whenever you have that one person you can think of when you're broadcasting a game, it enhances your appreciation of what's going on. Right. So I like to get down to the roots of kind of where you started, where your passion for sports and passion for broadcasting came from. So the first question I have for you is, at one point in sports or in your childhood experience with sports, did you realize that you loved either play-by-play or broadcasting? And after this discovery, what steps did you take next? I would say the love of sports came from my dad and my brother who introduced me to the Yankees and Knicks, the Jets, when I was really young. And I didn't really know that broadcasting was something I wanted to do. But thinking back now, I probably think I took an extra keen attention toward the broadcasters and what they were saying. And I always found it super fascinating. Guys like Michael Kay and Mike Breen, what they were saying and how they said it and how they delivered it. And that really came to fruition my freshman year of high school. One of my best friends at the time, Doug Terse, he was interested in launching a live streaming program at the high school with the journalism advisor. The first of its kind at my high school, I went to Harbor Fields on Long Island and he kind of built it from the ground up and they got all the technical stuff sorted out. They streamed a couple of games, no announcing. And then I was told about it and I hopped behind the mic one game. I think it was a November game back in, I want to say 2013. And I just did the game. I was terrible at it, but something clicked. I really loved it, and I'm like, hey, this is what I've been paying attention to all the time. I can actually do this. This is actually a career. And that was when it started in a really raw form, but it's when I really discovered the passion. That's that's really interesting that you mentioned that kind of click moment. Um, I had a similar moment my freshman year at Babson where I, uh, I realized it was a click moment that, okay, baseball right. and business – can be tied together. And I was yeah. like, okay, this needs to be my career. And I think that it's funny because a lot of people have told me that I'm quote unquote lucky to have found the path that I really have a passion for. Yeah, people and always say that. It, it kind of just like, like you said, clicked. It just came kind of out of nowhere. Once and you realize you can work in sports, it's a pretty cool yeah, realization. Yeah, it was, it was a cool realization, but um, that was it. That was an interesting answer. So from that, you built that from the ground up. Then you take your talents over to Fordham in the Bronx. Uh, you mentioned that you're a Yankee fan, and you recently just graduated for Fordham. So 
What did broadcasting there at Fordham, um, you did some work with the Fordham basketball team and some work with some other sports. What did that show you about yourself? Uh, did it further your passion as well as what did it show you about your strengths and weaknesses as a broadcaster? Definitely furthered my passion. I first learned about Fordham after my freshman year of high school when I went to a broadcasting camp. That was my first education about broadcasting and what it took. The guy who ran the camp is named Pat Reichart. He works for the Yankees and the Mets in their scoreboard and video departments. And he went to Fordham. So he took us on a tour of the station and I was introduced to a man named Bob Ahrens who's mentored so many great Fordham broadcasters, including Ryan Rucco. And Bob was this legend and he knew exactly how to critique you. He knew exactly how to nourish the next generation of talent and teach them the right way to grow as broadcasters. So once I got to Fordham, I had an idea of, hey, this is what I want to do. I was probably a little too eager at the time <laughs> to get involved. But the second I started doing games, I really learned my strengths and my weaknesses on the air. I became more comfortable. I got to listen back to tapes, get feedback on tapes, and, and then just refine what I was doing with broadcasting. When I listen back to those early games, it, it's funny how different I sounded and how much I was trying to play the role of a broadcaster rather than being myself a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And that's still an evolving process. Right. So I think that's been the biggest thing the past four years at Fordham into Chatham is just figuring out who I am. Right. And part of that figuring out who you are as a broadcaster, like you mentioned, is on the fly. Right. But it also comes from those courses and those mentors at Fordham. So do you attribute any of your true growth to any specific people, uh, any specific courses, any specific, I don't know, games maybe, mm. that really kind of helped you to take that next step? Definitely. I would say Bob Ahrens, who was there my freshman year and had been there for 20 years before there mentoring broadcasters and leading the way at FUV, the flagship radio station, he was my first mentor at Fordham. And, and we had been in touch a couple of years before I got to Fordham to kind of talk about some tapes and talk about the way it's done and get me ready for that for that point. Then he retired midway through my freshman year. We still stayed in touch. We still stay in touch. But then it was Bobby Chaffordini who was taking over as sports director, had previously been Bob Aaron's assistant. So he became a great mentor of mine. And then as you go through Fordham, you get connected with all the great alumni who take so much pride in the station and their time there. So whether it be... Mike Breen, who does the NBA Finals, or Michael Kay, or, or Ryan Rucco. The list goes on and on. They've been so supportive, and they're always willing to come back to a workshop, teach the students, and then always answer a phone call or answer an email. So th those people have just been not only fundamental in growth, but you always need encouragement to continue to pursue mm -hmm. what you want to do. And they've been so out of their way nice in saying, hey, you can do this and hey, you should continue doing this. So the other night we were actually out to dinner and you pulled out your phone and you go, hey, I just actually got a reply email from Michael Kay. And I was like, <laughs> I'm also a Yankees fan. We've we've bonded over that. But I was like, oh, that's so cool. And you mentioned he gave you a little bit of feedback um, on some of the tapes you sent him. When you're listening to a Yankee game or you're listening to an NBA Finals game and there's Fordham blood in the booth at the broadcast, do you do anything extra during that game to try and listen to the broadcast a little bit more and take some of those tactics that they use and put it into your style? 
I think that happens subconsciously a lot. You don't realize you're doing it, but these are the people you you idolize growing up. Just like a young baseball player would idolize Derek Jeter right. because they want to be Derek Jeter. Right. I would idolize uh, Mike Breen or Michael Kay or Ryan Rucco because I want to follow that path naturally. So I don't think I knowingly do it during games, but you pick up all this stuff and some broadcasting verbiage and word usage has been used for hundreds of years. So you hear the way a Michael Kay says something, and I think naturally it weaves its way into your broadcast. The way you want to refine it over time is to find your own unique way of saying the same thing Mm -hmm. because you're still describing the same plays that have been executed on a baseball field for hundreds of years but you just got to find your own unique way to do it yeah and yeah i think uh the michael k seeps into me all the time when i'm calling a baseball game that's that's something you that comparison between the player and his favorite player it makes a lot of sense like as much as you watch and you want to uh, be like a certain player it's more subconscious than actually going out there and trying to be someone else so I think I think that was a really good and there's answer. a non-subconscious part too where when you hear from people you look up to and they give you specific advice on what you're doing that's where you I use it you use it you right. go out of your way to use it because you respect their opinion I think that's a top way I've tried to improve the last few years top way I have improved is just taking that advice and jotting it down and having two or three things each game I'm going to work on, focus on those two or three things, and then go on to the next game and do the same thing over again. So you mentioned advice from people in sports, and I have another question that's going to be a little bit later on, so we'll get back to that topic towards the end of this interview, but I want to stay on Fordham just for right now. Throughout the time we've been in Chatham together, you've told me some really cool stories from big A-10 games and days where you were covering the Yankees at Yankee Stadium for Fordham. Do you have any stories or any really cool moments that stick out and you think you're going to remember the most, say, 15, 20 years from now? I think it's just the trips with so many of your friends that you make at Fordham and, and the radio station that go outside the game. You, you're you traveling down to Richmond, Virginia, or Charlotte, North Carolina, or St. Louis, Missouri, and you go to dinner with, with those people the night before the game. You're, you're pumped up to do the game. You're pumped up to be part of something so big. But you're just sharing cool moments with, with the people you become such good friends with. So I think those are the moments I'm going to remember. In terms of tangible games, probably the A-10 Women's Basketball Championship my sophomore year. Team went all the way, won the A-10 title, was able to call that game. So that was a ton of fun. Football, uh, traveled to Charlotte, North Carolina to play the 49ers in FBS school. That was my sophomore year. And not only were there several plane delays and (laughs) plane stalls that turned into maybe an eight, nine-hour trip down there that day, but... That night for the game, there were, I think, two or three lightning delays. And the game just got paused. We were there until, like, midnight doing the game. And filling that airtime and and joking around with the people back in studio as we waited to know whether the game would even happen or not, whether it would continue, that that was a ton of fun. Plus, the food in Charlotte didn't hurt. Yeah. So you, um, a good segue here is a little bit of delay in the broadcast which you are now very familiar with, with Chatham, Massachusetts, the fog, the rain, the inclement weather. 
So this is a good segue into Chatham, where you're at right now. This summer in Chatham, you've been broadcasting side-by-side with Ben Shulman. You guys have been doing a fantastic job, as I mentioned. What has been the best part of the summer so far, either working with Ben, calling anglers games, being down on the Cape? Just what sticks out to you as the most fun, the most impactful? It's the best of both worlds because the area is beautiful. So you're in a cool town. You can learn a lot about the town, have a lot of fun in the town. But then you also have the baseball and the games, and the baseball is top-notch. You get the best college players in the country. Veterans Field is a perfect backdrop for a baseball game. In my opinion, it's the most beautiful park in the Cape. So I think that's been the best part, just having it every day. And you get to reset every morning, and you have something new to look forward to. It's the daily grind of calling baseball, which for as much broadcasting as I've tried to do the last few years, I haven't had that front-to-back season where you're just calling baseball games night in and night out. So I think the opportunity to do something new every day, look forward to something new every day, work with someone like Ben, make each other better, work with Dan Duva, our broadcast supervisor who runs the media team, him giving us feedback, him making us better, that constant grind has been a ton of fun. So another really good segue, you brought up Dan Duva, who is the voice of the Vegas Golden Knights radio broadcast. He has taught me a lot already, and I'm not even in the field of media like you are. So can you just explain or give me an answer on how much it's meant to be working with him and how much he's taught you already this summer? It's meant a lot, and Dan had been a mentor the last few years, but never to this extent where every day you can go over a broadcast with him and really, down to the micro, analyze the little things that you never would have thought of listening back to it yourself or even running it past someone else because not everyone's going to go through word by word what you're saying. People just don't have the time to do that all the time. I don't have the time to do that, but Dan has such a a keen ear for, for what sounds right and what the listener could be thinking, what the listener needs to know in a given moment. It's just meant a ton to get to work with Dan and find something different, a different perspective to, to work on day in and day out. And he has a lot of good life perspectives as well beyond broadcasting. So I think that's the biggest learning experience above all else. Yeah. So I have one more question for you. And before I ask that, I want to just thank you for taking a couple minutes, uh, answering a couple questions. I love getting to hear your story and kind of a little bit what got you to where you are today. Um, As I mentioned, I have so much fun listening to you guys. So I wanted to get a little bit behind the scenes and be able to picture where where you got here from. Um, So I thank you for that. And my last question for you is you're well on your way in the broadcast field and you are passionate about it. You're very talented. You're getting better every day. What what's next for you? What what are your aspirations as a broadcaster and how do you what are your steps to go and chase that? That's a really good question because so much of it is uncertain. I would love to do basketball or baseball play by play, preferably both of some form moving forward. I don't know in what form that will come. Everybody loves to set high goals, so I I, I would love to to work for a network one day. I would love to to do a bunch of sports and be sent over the country because I love travel and I love seeing new places. I love preparing for new teams and learning their stories and not having to do 
the same thing each day. I'd, I'd absolutely love to do a team. There is something unique, though, to having a blank canvas, two different teams, and just diving in mm-hmm. and having to bring that story and do it justice on that night. So I, I'd say that's the, the ideal goal. But I think one thing I've learned is just to you know stay present, stay in the moment, and enjoy what's right in front of you. Of course, you want a game plan and you want to try to figure out what's next but in reality a lot of the times you you don't really know what's next and you can just do the best you can and then enjoy the step you're in and and hopefully enjoy that next step you're in after that so i i think this summer i've just been focusing on really enjoying chatham making the most of it and then hopefully the next step will be something i enjoy just as much as this and i think that's the furthest i can look right now well, I'm very excited to follow your journey. I'm very excited to listen to the calls that you have for whatever team it may be. Like you said, the the world is ever so evolving. We don't know what tomorrow's going to look like, what the next day is going to look like. So wherever you do end up, I'm very excited to hear you on those calls now that I've had the opportunity to get up close and personal with you as a broadcaster. Um, so again, I thank you for your time, and uh, I'm very excited to hear your calls tonight. I appreciate it, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Great stuff. I know Emmanuel's talent and work ethic is going to open up so many doors for him, and I'm so excited to follow his journey. If you have yet to have the chance to hear Emmanuel and Ben on the Cape Cod Radio Network, definitely give it a listen. Getting to watch the best summer baseball in the nation with the two best broadcasters around is something you won't regret, and that I can promise you. A big thank you to Eman for sitting down with me, and until next time, I'm Jonathan Liskov, and thanks for listening.